Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Bring, bring it back. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a club update, this time talking all things Hull with uh, Peter, the editor of HCAFC Tiger Link. Uh, Peter, obviously a very big win for you um, at the weekend against Swansea. They do get a, a <laughs> sneaky goal there. Um, but obviously the three points are something you desperately needed. What was your view of that match? Yeah, obviously, first of all, a tremendous win for Hull City. It was quite genuinely a six-pointer, although that is, of course, a bit of a cliche, but but it was a a must-win game. It was discussed by local fans, forums and fans as such prior to the game, and... Winning it is a, it definitely provides a sense of relief as well as the three points because I think a defeat would have symbolised perhaps that we were going down, whereas the win gives great hope for staying up. It was the continuation of some very solid home form since the arrival of Marco Silva and it was our third victory over Swansea this season, having had our only away game, uh, sorry, only away win this season away at Swansea early in the season, and having knocked them out of the uh, the cup, the the FA Cup uh, a few months ago. The game uh, on this occasion in the Premier League was not a classic, but contained some great moments. A wonderful substitution from Marco Silva where he took off Alfred and Dyer, the midfielder, and brought brought on Umanias and played him up front with Hernandez was key to our winning the game. Prior to that, in the first half, we didn't look particularly impressive. But Marco Silva has inspired us to be very hard-working and very well-organised. And Eldin Jakubovic is playing very well in goal. And the back four of El Abdullawi, uh, Harry Maguire, Renokia and Robertson are reasonably solid. And in midfield, Huddleston is playing pretty well. Alfred and I has been OK. Klukas. We are, we are playing as a team. We still look a little bit short of ideas up front sometimes, but it's the style that Silver is playing in is one which is slightly reminiscent of, of Steve Bruce, which I'll maybe talk about a bit later. He's He's been forced to try and eke out results because he is encountering 
must win games and uh, who can blame him for that so okay it wasn't hugely great entertainment but it was a, a hard-fought victory and dare i say the first goal was a very high quality goal uh, a wonderful pass from abel hernandez into the path of, of neas and a great burst forward and uh, a cool finish mm. and for our second goal a nice ball into the middle, curling ball from uh, El Mohamedi, which was missed by their defender. And yes, it was a mistake, but it was a it was a dangerous and a good ball. And again, Nias accepted the opportunity and 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 buried the chance very efficiently indeed. So, you know, I, I think when you score two goals and and one of them is a mistake, sometimes people can say, "Oh, well, they made a mistake." But it's all about whether you. You know, there are normally mistakes in games. It's whether you actually make the most of them. So very pleased to see a score like that. And we did look good up front when uh, Hernandez and Nias played together. But I don't think he'll start many games like that mm. because I think he is approaching it in a, in, a, in a more cautious way these days. It was slightly disappointing to concede near the end where a free kick was hit near post and we had... I think some zonal marking in place. We had three players uh, talking to each other at the back post and not many covering the near posts, and they scored a good goal. But again, I would say that overall defensively, we were pretty good against what is not a bad Swansea side. They, uh, under their new manager, Paul Clements, uh, um, I think they, they are starting to play a lot better. They've had some very good recent results. So the result in isolation shouldn't be underestimated. I think the loss of Lorente and Rangel to injury on their part was crucial in the game and helped us. But nevertheless, you know, they, they, they are a side who I would say were on the up rather than on the slide. Mm. Uh, so you have to say that was a pretty good performance and a vital three points for us, which gave the, the 19,000 crowd something to cheer about. Uh, having been a little bit subdued towards the end of the first half when we weren't creating much. Yeah. I, as you mentioned, this was a six-pointer, although personally I think you and Swansea may both stay up. Um, but what was the impact of this match, do you think, on the squad? Obviously there have been improvements under Marco Silva, um, but just making sure you get another three points, uh, how crucial will that be for you? Yeah, I think the big thing about it is several things, really. First of all, it continues a very good home run. I don't have the stats in front of me, but basically I think we've won something like four out of the last five home games uh, under Silva, which includes the uh, EFL Cup second leg win over Manchester United, which was a decent performance, obviously. So uh, the home crowd have a bit more belief in their team and it's always good to get solid home performances behind you. Because I think that does instill in both crowd and players the feeling that we are improving, we can win at home, and if we win at home, we can stay up, we can get points. Looking at the table, the big thing about it is that it keeps us in touch with the rest of the pack. In my opinion, we have five or six, maybe seven clubs near the bottom there who are roughly the same in terms of squads and abilities. 
but we are not one of the worst three sides or certainly two sides at the moment in terms of how we are playing. So as long as we are actually in touch with the pack, regardless of results, I think there's a feeling that if we can stay in that position, then a couple of wins or a win and a draw and we could escape. So it's this big thing of not being cast adrift at the bottom. I guess what we need in a statistical sense, in an ideal world, you want one side to be totally slumping at the moment and be way adrift at the bottom. So you've only then got two sides who you have to you have to stay above. But uh, that isn't happening this year. Once again, the Premier League is very competitive. And probably we were the, the bookies' favourites to be that rank, atrocious side and only maybe get 14, 50, 15 points and be relegated by Christmas. So in that respect, I think we've overachieved already, even prior to Marco Silva. And now with Marco Silva in charge, although we are playing catch-up, uh, he is installing confidence in everybody that the miracle, as he referred to it, can be achieved and that there is a chance of staying up. I think finally on this particular topic of what it's done to us, I think people are looking and say, look, the home side has been, the home form has been extremely good, but we are so bad away from home. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievably bad. We really will need to win one away game or and or get two or three draws. We can't rely entirely on our home form. So I think there's still a feeling, yeah, you know, we've shown we can win at home, but we must get a few points away from home as well if we want to be absolutely sure of staying up. And we've got a trip to Everton coming up, which is quite a demanding one. Nias can't play because it's his parent club. Mm. And uh, if we could get a point at Everton, I think that would send massive belief through the whole club and the supporters. Yeah, that would definitely be important. We've mentioned uh, the defence now a couple times, which has gotten much better. I was doing some research for a fantasy thing earlier, and currently uh, Hull are conceding 39% fewer goals under Marco Silva than you were previously this season. Um, what what changes has he made to that defense? I know at times it's it's uh, five, and obviously Renakia came in. Davies was out for a while. Um, now you have Abdullahi there also uh, to pair with Al Mohammadi. Sometimes they're moving back and forth. It just seems like there's a lot of moving pieces. So I'm curious to hear your take on on what specifically has worked best to improve that back line. Yeah, it's a really good point. First of all, um, there are a number of factors which contribute to it being a tremendous achievement by Marco Silva to get us improved defensively, as you pointed out, you know, in terms of the, the percentage improvement. I mean, I guess at Christmas time, most Hull City fans would expect would have expected a back four to include Al Mohammadi, Dawson, Davis and Robertson. And at the moment it's El Abdullawi uh, Renokia, Maguire and Robertson. And what he's done is, despite injuries to key players like Dawson and Davis, which some Hull fans would be sort of thought would be terminal for us in terms of con conceding goals, he's he's used, he's shuffled his pack, as the, the cliche goes, 
<laughs> and there's no doubt that young and improving and England possible Harry Maguire is blending extremely well with the more experienced and streetwise Ranocchia as a back four pairing. And as we all know, your back four pairing is extremely important. So those two are blending nicely together with a little bit more muscle from and die and good distribution from the back by Huddleston. And the other player that's been a bit of a surprise is Al Abdullawi, who's been playing at right back. Uh, he's fitted in very tidily and his distribution is particularly good. And that back four unit looks very tight. So the really interesting show is when Curtis Davis is fit and he's just about fit now, and indeed Michael Dawson, who plays at the back. And as I say, I think a month ago, Hull City fans would have been staggered at the suggestion that Michael Dawson wouldn't come straight back into the side or even Curtis Davis. But I think at the moment, Marco Silva will keep that current back four. And that's a tribute to how he's quickly you know, looked at the players he's got and he's found a recipe for success from, from what he had. Despite the fact that he was lacking our two most established and experienced players and two very good players in Michael Dawson and Curtis Davis, they make the struggle to get in. And I think he's managed to blend that, that defensive unit with the likes of the industry of Klukas, the muscle of them die, uh, and Huddleston, Tom Huddleston, who I must mention, who both offensively and defensively is having a pretty good season. Surprising to some fans, he's still a little bit slow on the ball, and, <laughs> and he's often shouted out by the uh, by the crowd. But as a as a Spurs fan, you'll remember that he sometimes <laughs> yeah. doesn't get. Around. Sounds like not a lot has changed in that regard. <laughs> but his distribution has been very good, and he's looking he's stripping a lot fitter. So I think I think that's where we are. Finally, of course. Whilst he looks a bit of a flapper and a bit eccentric, our goalkeeper, Eldin Jakubovic, makes quality saves. He, he's, he's almost more likely to concede a straightforward shot at goal just slightly to his right or left than he is a really difficult shot that he shouldn't get to. He, he, he makes the spectacular saves, but sometimes doesn't look so good at something just fired low and hard close to him. But his form, obviously, you know, if you're in a relegation clash and you want to improve your defensive record, your goalkeeper has to contribute. And there's no doubt that he's playing the best football of his career. So there we are. We have Marco Silva disguising himself as Steve Bruce and uh, basing a lot of what he does on defence. And uh, the fans have been very impressed by how quickly Silva's managed to do that. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, quite impressive. Uh, two, two fun other stats. Uh, Harry Maguire has the most shots on target of any defender this season to not score yet. Everybody <laughs> in front of him has at least two. Um, and also further on Renakia, I thought that was a great signing, uh, in January, you made loads of signings in January, uh, yet again, uh, I think Grosicki is somebody that people have been impressed by, uh, how, how have the rest of those players fit in, into this kind of new look hope? Yeah, I think first of all, I mean, and I scored on his debut and, looked good but didn't have a particularly good game against Swansea. Uh, Al-Abdullawi I've mentioned and has been wonderfully steady rather than spectacular. Again, I think you have to pay tribute to both him and Silva in getting a player to arrive and fit into a team so readily. It's not an easy thing to do to come you know, in a transfer window and just establish yourself in the first team and look like you played there a long time. So, you know, huge credit there, I would say. Um, yeah, just just great, great to see where we, we, we've reached, to be honest. Um, Grosicki, flattest to deceive at the moment. It's one of those classic situations where he just needs a goal. He's actually looked extremely good on occasions, but I think he needs to score. He's having a lot of shots at the moment, and he's going close, but he's getting a bit of a reputation as a nearly man, and he has missed a lot of fairly good chances. So he just needs a goal. Simple as that. Markovic is already slightly annoying the crowd because there's ability there. He can look very good, and then he disappears for long periods of the game. I think that's very typical of him as a player, but there's definitely talent there. But I think, again, the fans have confidence in Silva to make sure that he gets value out of Markovic or he'll be left out. Uh, It's as simple as that. Mm. And Nias has been a tremendous signing. There's no doubt about it, simply because... <clears throat> Excuse me. I think expectations around him were fairly low, given the reputation he came with. That reputation being one formed at Everton, rather than um, was it Locomotive Lake he was with beforehand. And um, uh, he so first of all he's looked good. 
he's looked like the sort of centre forward we've been needing for a long time, and he's got vital goals. So I would say he's quickly established himself as a very, very popular player. I think most of the crowd would love to see him play with Hernandez in a two up front. <clears throat> but it looks as if Silva likes to do that after about 60 minutes. He will occasionally start the two together, but I think he's reluctant to play the two together because he likes to play his two wingers, uh, Grzycki and, and uh, Markovic. And if he plays those two, I think he thinks if we play Hernandez and Nias as well, then that's a little bit too attacking and we've got we've not got enough scrappers in the side. And he'll only do that when this when the the game opens up maybe in the second half or maybe when we're a goal up or two nil up. But uh, there is no doubt that particularly Grzycki, uh we have a lot of hopes for for the rest of the season. <clears throat> I have a feeling if he got a goal, he might get two or three. Yeah, just, just waiting for that uh, cork to come out of the bottle. Um, yeah, I, I should just mention the one person, Ember Carney, who went after the African Nations mm. Cup with... Uh, with El Mohamedy has been a disappointment. And perhaps we didn't realise perhaps how ordinary Mbakani has been in terms of his performances until we saw Nias playing in a similar role. Whilst they're slightly different players, there's no doubt that Nias looks a lot more comfortable in the Premier League than Mbakani at the moment. Yeah. All right, well, kind of the summation of this, we've already asked you many times this season, but at this point in time, are you confident of staying up? I wouldn't I would say hopeful rather than confident. Uh, I've explained how we, we're sort of still within the pack and that our home form is good. I think a lot will depend, as I've said, on, on goals. If Nias can continue to score and we can keep a semblance of our current home record, then as long as we get a few points away from home, I think we'll go very close. And if I'm brutally honest, I probably think that we still need a couple of surprise results away from home if we're going to stay up. The way I see it at the moment is that Silver is still playing catch-up because in games earlier in the season against our immediate relegation rivals we have dropped serious points for example defeats at Middlesbrough and Sunderland and only a draw at home to Crystal Palace mm. but I think we end our season with games against Crystal Palace and Sunderland I think they're in May so it could be a very exciting and tense end to the season I think one thing that gives the fans hope at the moment, real hope, is that we want to see Middlesbrough continuing to plummet, Sunderland continuing to struggle, Palace continuing to be inconsistent, and perhaps Bournemouth and Swansea staying within reach in terms of us overtaking them. And then on top of that, there's usually somebody who takes an almightily dramatic plummet towards the end of the season so i would say cautious optimism at the moment rather than being sure that we're going to stay up 
But from the point of view of the club, given all that's happened behind the scenes and the fact that we are, we have several thousand fans still waiting for the moment when our owners leave and we get new owners in before they come back, it's given heart to the club and its supporters. It showed that we can complete in the Premier League. We're looking a reasonable side at the moment. And, you know, it, it's put it's put the the excitement back into games a little bit for us because we were on a real downward spiral. So it's steadied the ship, got some great results there, but it's whether we can sustain that over the next few weeks because I think another couple of home wins and there would really be belief. And if we can actually get out of the bottom three and a gap of three points on the third bottom side, I think that would take so much pressure off. We might actually be a bit more adventurous in our games and play even better. Hmm. So, you know, let's hope that in our special year of City of Culture, we can stay in the Premier League because it would be a massive boost, obviously, to our fans, but also to the city and everything to do with it. Yeah. Well, hopefully our Champions League hopes and your Premier League survival aren't based on that last match of the season. Because that would be very sad. Indeed. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, that will do it for us today. So why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Yes, certainly. We are uh, Hull City supporter group TigerLink, www.tigerlink.co.uk. You'll find us at HCAFC TigerLink uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. We are happily involved in liaison with fans groups from all clubs around the country with questions and exchanges on all matters. Plus, we run a campaign to publicise Hull, be positive about it, and raise money for a statue to Ebenezer Cobb-Morley, the founder of Modern Day Football, first secretary of the FA, who was born in Hull. And thank you very much for letting me be involved again. Yep, pleasure as always. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.